My face currently feels like I've been run through by Tom Stewart. Puts it to the top of the square. Oh, beautiful little fist in there by Dale. Crucial centimetre moments. He definitely has a bit of the, uh, the Belcho spirit. <laughs> um, as I, I have a bit of the Belcho spirit. <laughs> Hello everyone, and welcome back to the podcast that will not strive and affect itself if a fake quote is attributed to it in the media this week. Uh, however, we do thoroughly believe that Graham Myers is the Lionel Messi of the AFL. That's never been in question. It's not, um, never in doubt. Yeah, absolutely not. Uh, this is the Back Pocket. Uh, I am Jack, and I'm joined, as always, by a much happier about football than he was about five weeks ago, Alistair. You can't prove that. Uh, how you doing? Yeah, I'm alright. Football's fun. Football's, yeah, football's <laughs> fun. It's really good. I, I, it's crazy. Uh yeah. Do you, do you want to jump straight into votes this week? We'll just, we'll just fucking... I don't know. Do you got anything to say or are we doing votes? I, I don't have anything to say immediately, but we'll, we'll get to it. All right. Um, actually, no, I do. I do. I want to call out, uh, and in a bad way, uh, Backchat podcast. Um, and I, I do like Backchat. I think they do a great job. They're entertaining. They use Backchat, their connections Schofield? well. Schofield. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. Uh, Ham- Hamish uh, Brayshaw's on there a few sometimes. Anyway. I would like to express my disgust at them for referring to themselves as having, and I quote, the only award in the country paying homage to real backmen doing real backmen things. Not only did they start their award this year, um, but they haven't given any votes to a particular player this week that I find outrageous. Um, So not only did we do it first, and it's our standards operandus, like it's it's our reason d'etre, it's our reason for existing, you know, like... Settle down, I think, you know. I played one couple of games of Waffle this year and did his back, and now he's got the only Backman's Award. It's a bit rough. Yeah, and especially, um, well, not that they're giving it to real Backman, but Golden Fist exists. and They I highlighted that. They said the Golden Fist is not a Backman's Award. I lied because I thought that Nick Dacos was in the lead, but actually Darcy Moore is one point ahead, who right. is well, actually good. a real well, Backman. Credit to uh, Backchat's Backman's Award. Harris Andrews has a healthy lead in that as well. He's okay. got a healthy lead now. So I'll give them that. But That's outside something. of that... It's not the first or the only. I wonder if that's going to continue. We'll see. Uh, (laughs) What was your one this week? My one vote goes to Ed Richards. Ed Richards. He was close to me. He turned Uh, it over a little much for my liking, but other than that, he was very, very You know how I feel when it comes to giving votes to someone in a loss. It can be a little harsh to lower their vote, but uh, I think Ed Richards is one of the only reasons that the Bulldogs are any decent at the moment. Um... And they did lose in the end, which is fine. Um, and I'm not 100% sure I agree about the turning it over part. Um, he had two turnovers. Yeah, I, I just, I, they must have been damaging because when I was watching it live, I remembered them. Um, but yeah, no, he, he was very good. Uh, he's in my special mentions. So Yeah, um, I will quickly run through his stats like I always do. 28 disposals, 11 marks, 10 intercept possessions, 10 pressure acts, 449 metres gained, 8 one percenters. Uh, for a small and a running small, he does a lot more than the others in, yes. in regards to actual defensive work. He, he is actually a really good defensive small defender. Um, yeah, I, I think there was a few players that game for the Bulldogs that should have been filthy about them losing that game mm-hmm. um, because they put everything on the line. And Bontempelli bunting his mouth guard into the turf. Uh, Still there. Yeah, that <laughs> was understandable, like the frustration, because... He, English, and Richards were on fire, mm-hmm. um, and a lot of the team just didn't want to come with them. Um, Sydney weren't setting the world on fire in that game. Uh, the Bulldogs should be kicking themselves, because they, they were in touch with the top four before that, uh, and now they have to win games against teams around them to stay in the eight. So we'll see how they go from here. But 
Uh, yeah, I get it. My one this week was to Zach Guthrie. Um, Fair enough. He had 24 disposals, five rebounds and six intercepts, which was good to great. Uh, three spoils, nine pressure acts and four tackles. But I think the fact that he just negated Stringer completely uh, was what did it for me. Um, I, I haven't. I can't remember a game recently for Essendon this year that Stringer's had such little impact yeah. um, on the contest. And every time he went near it, Guthrie was just there, whether it was harassing or spoiling. Mm, um, so you, he, yeah, he, for me, that was my one. You know I've got a, love, a lot of love for Z Guth, uh, Mini Guth, whatever you want to call him. Um, I love his tor- horrible kicks at goal. Yeah. Um, but he had one of them. It was good. <laughs> got, got down there to have a horrendous shot on goal. It's it's like I can kick everywhere else on the field, but as soon as the sticks come it's, into it's view... It's weird, isn't it? One of the most reliable disposals, in the yeah. team, and especially by hands, reliable disposals, and then he gets near the goals. That first goal he ever kicked was a shank. It was it was a long one, though. It was, though. It was like 60 yeah, metres yeah. out. Anyway, uh, off topic for a defender, but yeah, I think Zach Guthrie's good, so no arguments here. Uh, my two votes may be controversial. First time ever appearing on this show, I'm almost 100% sure, is Mitch McGovern. Mitch McGovern's my two votes. Yes, okay. Hell yeah, okay, cool. So, this works. I think not so much for his stat lines, even though... They were very good. Nine intercepts and ten pressure acts is great, 549 metres gained. All three of his marks were intercepts. Yeah. Um, I think it is the way that he just crashes into people with reckless abandon. One, for someone who is always so injury-prone, yep. and two, for a team that lacks that, especially coming out of the back line. He and Jordan Boyd, who we'll be missing for a few weeks, have been very good at that. Um, and I think that has been very valuable the last few weeks for Carlton. Yep, and um, like you said, yeah, nine rebounds, nine intercepts. He had yep. only two contested defensive one-on-ones, won them both, eight spoils, and ten pressure acts that were all in the defensive half. So, And I think this week he actually took... Very few kickouts. I'm just going to double check because yeah. normally he does pad a little bit by that, um, but not this week. I'm pretty sure. Um, but yeah, a well-deserving two. Uh, I'm glad you had him there too because yeah, he was definitely mine. Um, I think he was the standout for Carlton's defence in that game. Kids, so um, he, he's really relishing having more responsibility. I think this mm. year as well, and just um, some continuity. I think. Yeah, we, I mean, we talked about it last year without his injury early in the year. Mm. Carlton's season might have been very different mm. um, because he was looking really good. His his delivery and ball use is incredible. Um, and he does that well both as a half-back and as a wingman. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, since he's been able to play a really solid defensive role, he's really come into his own. Yeah. So. Another one of those forwards turning into defender that seems to be working. Love to see it. Uh, who was your three? Darcy Moore. Darcy Moore. All right. All right. We were going on fire this week. No, not mine. Oh, no, I thought no, you no. said all right as in you were doing it. No, 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 no. Okay. I, I Special mention for me, Darcy Moore. Oh. Um, all right. Well, he had, uh, again, probably not the best to, uh, like, Possession-wise, but eight marks, ninety percent disposal efficiency, eighteen, uh, eighteen, eleven intercept possessions, six pressure acts, a couple of one percenters, and he's just a wall. You can't get past him, and it's going to take a really good effort for a team to get past he him. He is so good. Uh, he has really come into his own. I, I kind of talked about it earlier today when we were talking about. Um, player rankings and how important defenders mm-hmm. are, like, despite being underrated. Let's, let's um, not go into that just yet. And that, you know, since since he's really stepped up this year, like, he's obviously always been good, but he's taken his game to another level this year, and it's been so important to the way Collingwood have been able to play games, especially with the way they hang on to games. Like, mm-hmm. the, the two or three goals a week he saves with his, you know, just being a wall, like you said, um, is the reason they're able to win those close games. Because there's some games where when they've been three or four goals down, if that's five or six goals, it's a totally mm-hmm. different story. Um, so, yeah, understandable. Um, it, yeah, not, not in there for me, just as I mentioned, but a very good game. I wonder how Collingwood, if they had to play two two games maybe without him. Without him, how they'd go? Just to see how they go. I think it would be I mean, good for them for, to adapt. For a long time, they always had to because yeah. um, he was very rarely getting through mm. a whole season. Um, it's, I mean, two teams have named reasonably injury-prone key defenders as captains this year in Frio and 
Collingwood and they've both been on the park all year. No, so that's what you need. Maybe that's it. Maybe you make him captain. You find your most injury-prone player and whack the badge on. Um, hmm. My three was to Tom McCartan. Um, okay. They look so much better with him back in the side. Uh, he only had 15 disposals, but seven of those are rebounds. He had 13 spoils, seven defensive half-pressure acts, spoils. Um, and had three score involvements with zero inside 50s. Uh, he, he was really good. Uh, I, I really liked his game. And the Bulldogs' tools looked like they were in a bit of trouble uh, while, while he was around. Norton was really good, but the others were really struggling to n- not only get the ball, but get the ball in any kind of position that was helpful, I think, was the more important part of their game. Yeah, I'll absolutely pay that. Um, and, you know, I rate McCartan. Um, you know, he's only, what, the 130... No, he's 195th in the player <laughs> rankings, uh, which is a joke. It's a serious bee in your bonnet. Um, um, but, no... Uh, I'll pay that. Yeah. I, I didn't watch enough of that game really to... Well, I... Didn't pay enough attention to that game. That yeah, game. not so much didn't watch as much of it as in I wasn't paying attention to Tom McCartan specifically. It was a he hard wasn't game. Catching my eye. Like I said to you during it, I said it's another one of those, we've had a lot of them this year, Thursday night games that oh, were shit. close but just slogs to watch. Um, neither of those teams looked like a top eight side. So I get you. Um, who was your four? I uh, don't know. I closed my app. <laughs> Uh, my four is Will Powell my from the Gold Coast. Okay, yep. so there's uh, another one. He was, I, like I said, my, my top, <laughs> I said to you before we started, my top two votes this week, easier to do mm-hmm. uh, than the rest of them. So yep. uh, do you want to run off the Will Powell numbers? No, nah, I, like I like it when we have the same ones because I get to just use your stats. Sweet. Uh, he had 26 disposals at 88, uh, mm-hmm. along with six tackles, and he was playing a defensive role. So that's a lot of touches yeah. for someone who was playing as a defender. Five rebounds, 13 intercepts, 531 metres gained. He had 16 pressure acts, 10 marks, five of those were intercepts. And St Kilda finished with only eight goals and only one multiple goal scorer. Yeah. He was a machine. Uh, and I mean, obviously well supported by Collins and Ballard again. Mm-hmm. Um, but he he has had a few games this year where you just kind of, oh, he's going to be good, isn't he? Like yeah. he already is, but um, this is the first year we've really been able to see him on the park for long periods of time. Yes. And I'm Thank very excited by it. Uh, they looked angry. They looked like... I don't think a lot of those players were happy that Jew got sacked. Like, they had a fervour to their game that I think they've been missing for a lot of this year, which could be an indictment on the players. But but I don't really know why you would perform well after the person that you like gets yeah, sacked. I, I, I don't, don't understand I don't know that. either. Um, but, hey, it is what it is. Yeah, it is. Uh, your five? Sam Taylor. Sam Taylor. It had to be. And that was who didn't get a vote this week on Backchat, and I was... Really? Baffled. Didn't get a vote. I don't think you can have 16 intercept possessions and not uh, get a vote. 21 disposals, 14 contests, 16 intercepts, season high, 16 intercept mm-hmm. possessions, eight spoils, won five out of his six one-on-ones, along with 10 pressure acts and three tackles, Did seven you... rebounds, three score launches. 366 metres gained, which is not... Three frees for, zero frees against as a key defender. Since he's come back, they've beaten Melbourne and Adelaide uh, and placed the alley-oop for Carlton to dunk Fremantle out of the finals. Mm-hmm. Uh, he could do a brass from here the way he's going. Like last year we had yep. second half of the year, brass just stormed home and won he's the medal. Fives every week. Taylor's looking like it at the moment. He is. Uh, it's, a, it's a huge win for them. Um, they have won four in a row since he's come back. Uh, they have won in Adelaide and Geelong this year, where no one else can win. Um, they have Gold Coast, Bulldogs, Sydney, Port, Carlton, and Essendon to come. I'd, I'd argue all of those, but Port in Adelaide are winnable games the way they're playing currently. Yep. And that would see them in the top eight comfortably mm-hmm. if as high as fifth if results go their way. Um, uh, I think they have a confidence with Taylor down back and Green up forward. The yeah. ability to know that if it goes in defensive 50, even if it's a 50-50 contest or even 60-40 against them, there's every chance Sam Taylor's winning that. 
and then they push it down the other end and Green will do something ridiculous. Yeah. I think a lot of their last four wins in the last quarter when they're coming back, Green has kicked the first goal. I, um, I think it might be like it, it's partially the flea factor and partially the not a football state factor, but Green is still somehow underrated by I think the average football watcher. Mm-hmm. Despite the fact that he frustrates me to no end, he is insanely good. Like that they, like you said earlier, like with those two, they've been the reason they've won the majority of their games this year. Um, it's not sustainable. No, it's not. But they are such talent. And I said this the other day, like compared to Gold Coast of the two teams that came in at a similar time, like they feel like an AFL club now. Like the numbers they've got on the board. Like yeah. Um, it's kind of a shame about their name and colours, I think. Like, without the greater, I think it's a better name. I think if it was the Western Sydney something, it sounds better. Um, but they've got three 200 gamers now. Mm-hmm. Uh, Haynes is only three games off. Coniglio is only six games off. And Kelly will get there next year. Whitfield, Green and Cogs could play 300 games for that club if they keep going at the rate they are. Um, Cameron kicked 427 goals for them, which would be like Port Adelaide's second best and Adelaide's third best all time. Like they've got proper goal numbers. Green has as many goals as them as Eddie Betts kicked for Adelaide yeah. now. Um, there's just a whole heap of like real football numbers behind them as well as obviously all their finals performances and, and cool things they've done. But um, they are like building as a club. And I think Kingsley's really ignited something in them since he's come in. Um, it took him a little while to get going this year, but um, they're playing really good footy uh, against good sides. And I think one way to measure it, and I know win and losses aren't everything, but Gold Coast are nearing 200 losses since they've come into the competition. GWS have like 140. And their win-loss against Gold Coast in particular is like is it like 15 to 5 or like 14 yeah, to they, 5. Since those first couple of beltings Gold Coast hand, handed them, um, it's very rare you see that game with their uh-huh. line now. Um, and yeah, that, like they had a rough year, year last year, but they made a, a prelim the year before, or qual- sorry, qualifying final the year before. Um, they've grand final made prelims and grand finals multiple times. They had that really famous win over Sydney that got them to the grand final that year. It was the one over Collingwood as well. Um, and they've had some great games against the Bulldogs um, in that time. So like they're, they've got some they've got some rivalries, they've got some heart, and they've got some serious players going on. So mm. um, I like GWS. I, do, I just do think that their jump is a bit bosh and that their name sucks. But I don't know what bosh means. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't sound good. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I like Gold Coast. I hate. I, I don't. I, I don't like, like Gold it when Coast. people call them a franchise team. Um, I think there's history there. Everyone it's just. It's not quite to the point of everyone, but like six clubs are franchise teams. Richmond's a franchise team, and so was <laughs> University. Like, I just, I just don't think that they have the star name yet. And yeah. points to David Swallow or Andrew yeah. Swallow. Which one is it? <laughs> there you go. That's David, my point. Yeah. Um, um, like, because uh, a soldier, kicks, but not Lynch the is still legend. their leading goal scorer. Yeah. He only kicked like two hundred and forty goals for them, and that will um, change. Ben King will be their leading oh, goal scorer. Absolutely, like uh, it's not right, exactly. Well, the second for them just can't get a game. Sexton would have gone past him if they would play him. Well, you know why they don't play Sexton is because he's exactly like Dan Mental. Yes. He'll kick four goals, but he will be a negative drain. Yeah, um, for sure. Uh, speaking of Gold Coast. Uh, we're leading into day one of the fourth Ashes test, and there is some heavy dew on the cricket pitch. Uh, hell. What a what a strange that one is to end up. One a bad joke, and two a fat joke. You should be it wasn't ashamed. Wasn't meant to be a fat you joke. You should be ashamed. But it, I guess it is because <laughs> he's a big lad, Stewie. Um, weird. Uh, why is he there? Why is he with the team in kit? I don't know. He's just hanging out. Yeah, I, I guess. I guess. Why is Joel Selwood there? Well, but he got recruited by them into a leadership role. Like, that was talked about last year. Yeah, and how do you know they haven't just called you and gone, hey, hey, hey mate, we you know you're good at people-pleasing. Yeah. Like, come, come hang com- out. Comfy before the test starts. Um, 
I had, a, I had a, a, a analogy uh, today that I thought about. Huh? If there was a team that was basketball or football. An allergy? An, an, an analogy. Oh, okay. <laughs> I, feel, I feel like if there was a team that was basketball or football, it was Richmond. In the sense that, like, oh, I was this say... isn't talking about, like, the, the helter-skelter that people talk about basketball being. Like, in the sense of, like, if you look at on paper, this England team does not match the Australian team. And they've almost beaten them in the first two and beaten them in the third one reasonably comfortably. Um, like, performing out of their skin to a really good game plan because of belief in the game plan. Especially that early Richmond team. Mm. There wasn't a huge amount of star power in that team. To the extent that, like... Shane Edwards won All-Australian, and in hindsight, the idea who wanted Dev Smith ahead of him was really funny. But, like, people were baffled that he was in that team before they went on to obviously trounce that flag and then two more in a couple of years later. Um, But I feel like, yeah, over the years, in terms of, like, All-Australians and, like, out-and-out stars, other than the fact that Dustin Martin is probably the best September performer Mm. we've ever seen, um, Richmond's buy-in to their game plan was yeah. in- incomparable to other teams. And the fact that they could bring in a player like Marlon Pickett and he would just... And just play in a grand final. Um, yeah, that, that was a... I think that's probably the most long-form version of AFL basketball, but it's absolutely Essendon that, oh. featuring either Adam Saad one year or Nick Hines the next, where all they could do was score from rebound. Yeah. And that was back when the AFL wasn't all rebound like it is now, which is funny because... That, that would be much more successful now than it was then. I was going to say 2008 Hawthorne. That's more like the Bodyline series. That's like the, uh, <sighs> we don't think we can win, but we've got a way to do it. We've got a like tactic. We've, we've got a tactic. We're just going to bowl at your head all day. My take on that grand final is probably a little different to yours. <laughs> uh, if you win, uh, one, if Cameron Mooney kicks those goals inside of half time, mm-hmm. they should win that game. If you're that good, like, if you are as good as that 2008 Geelong team was, you shouldn't let a team get that nope. close to you no matter how they're playing. It doesn't matter what game style they've got. That The rush behind situation is not... You let a uh, not AFL fitness Stewie Jew run amuck. Wow, you're really Fire mean Day. to Stewie Jew today. I'm not. You okay. called him fat. You called him old and useless. I didn't call him old and useless. You just did. You called him unfit. And <laughs> he, he was. was. Yeah, but like... He tore them up, right? Like, <laughs> and like, yeah, absolutely. That is a on Geelong. I feel like they got ahead of themselves that year. Because of how good they'd done. Mm-hmm. They'd lost one game for the year. Had, I think, like the highest percentage we've ever seen and probably will ever see again. Uh, yeah, no. And credit to Clarkson and Hawthorne for that side winning yeah. that game, um, which went on to be a really great side. But so many of those players were not ready to be premiers, and we saw that in the couple of years They finished ninth, but, uh, out of the eight next year, but then were back in straight yeah. away. And then went on to three-peat not long after. Um, I'd like to formally apologise to Stuart Jew. We like Stuart After Jew. being absolutely knifed well, not just also, a week ago. He also died. Um, we saw that uh, Gold Coast posted his in memoriam. Um, now you've killed him? Jesus. Um, all right, on to football again. That was football. <laughs> <laughs> We're talking about a grand what final from 15 is, years oh, wait, ago. Um, what, on to now football again. Oh, yeah. What's going on at Fremantle? What, what's the know. problem there? Like, this is a team that. I know Sarong was out this week, but like in general, good midfield, great back line, mm. couple of genuinely talented young key forwards with some really good smalls and mids around them. They were obviously, you know, just out of the four last year. Had they not lost a couple of games they should have won, would have finished in the four last year. Uh, three points off the best defence in the comp last year. This year they're having 80 to 100 kicked against them almost every week. Uh, can barely win the football. I, I don't know what the, what's happened. Like, how do they 
I can give you my rundown of what I think. Yeah, if you'd like. I'd love to hear it. Um, I think for the most part, and this is not every game because I believe they've both gotten votes this year for good games, but I believe Luke Ryan and Hayden Young have been found out a little bit more defensively. Yep. I would like to shout out Brandon Cox. Brandon Cox is still very being good. very solid. Yep, totally agree. Um, I think, and we talked about it in the other week, Brandon Walker has been a bit of a disappointment this year, um, and that's four of their back six. Um, uh, Jordan Clark's been fine as the rebounder. Career, career best season. Yep. Um, I think their midfield has fallen away slightly, mainly due to the mix and the pressure. Obviously, Erasmus and Johnson are first and second year players or whatever. I don't know. M- Monday's a huge loss, I think. Monday's Monday a huge loss. Monday and Akers are two, I think, that are really... Akers is gone. Their wings are unsettled. Fife, when he's in, has not been good enough. Brayshaw's fallen away just a little bit. Not a huge amount, but just a little yeah, bit. Yeah, he's not having the impact he was. I mean, obviously won the coach's award last year. And, and their forward line is three 19 to 21-year-olds. It's just not ready. Yeah. So, so, um, so overperformed last year is yes. your assessment. So like, I, I'm hoping that's the case, like a 2019 Melbourne or 2016 Richmond, where they had a... Uh, a good I'm year not, the year before. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, they had a good year the year before, probably overperformed, and then kind of reverted to where they were at, maybe a bit lower than where they're actually at the next year, to push after that. Because they, I'm not, they I'm not be 100% sure. There. They should be a better team next year. Um, I think if they address maybe their wing issue, uh, I think O'Driscoll was the sub last week, wasn't he? I still think he's their future wingman. Yeah. Um, and their forwards will get better with time. We've already seen how good Amos is, so there's no, yeah. no problem there. But he's 19. How do you reckon Brody feels about being left out of that side ahead, you know, with those kinds of players ahead of him? Um, I think Brody's main problem, and it's a problem you see across the league, is he's an impact mid, which means he has to have 30 to 40 minutes off the ground a game to, yeah. to play that role. And it's possible he racks up 30 in the time he's on there, which is huge. Um, but you don't get the other rest into other players. I don't think it's su- super sustainable, um, and that endurance is important. And yeah. I think even though they are kids, I think Erasmus and Johnson are doing a better job there. It's just kind of insane that like two of their wins this year have been over Melbourne and Geelong, who are currently mm-hmm. fourth, uh, third and fifth, fourth and fifth, fourth and fifth, fourth and fifth. And you'd say that probably money would have them close to being not too far ahead of Hawthorne in Melbourne in round twenty four now. Mm. Uh, that's a crazy drop. I off. can't believe it's it's wild to they beat Geelong back four. to back as well. Yeah. Um. And yeah, they could finish bottom four. Yeah, I think that's where um, they're at right now. But yeah. uh, it's it's not looking great. However. It can turn around. It's just a real shame that their picks belong to Melbourne, isn't it? It so is. They can't even take and, advantage and of their. How often fault. do we see that happen? Where a team trades out future picks, expecting to Collingwood did it uh, a few years back Doesn't when they had really their didn't blip, really one year, did didn't at all. No, <laughs> um, but so often you'll see a team, yeah, trade out those picks, the future picks, expecting to do as well as they did that year or better, um, and then have a huge drop off, um, and and that that first round pick becomes a really good one. Like Mel- Melbourne's going to be loving that now. Yep. Um, and like Gita West is already set for this year. I'm pretty sure Melbourne are going to have three picks within 25 or something. Um, yeah, it's crazy. Which is um, nuts. Yes, it is. For a team and, that's going to finish and top four. Look, Jackson has been very good, especially when Darcy hasn't been there that to cover that. But um, uh, no well, one's worth that, especially well, not a ruck. You know how I mean, we feel very similar about Yes, we talked about rucks. this today, but I'm not going to go into it further. Um yeah, it's weird because if you if you said, hey, give up your future first and your future second and another first for Nick Dacos, I'd do it in a heartbeat. Yeah. Yeah, I'd be so good. But I wouldn't do it for Luke Jackson. No. I wouldn't do it for a ruck or, or even a key forward that's not proven to be just about the best key forward going around. Uh, look, there's a couple like of I key wouldn't for- do it for the Kings or Hugo Hagen yet. Like, I, I think I, I, I would do it for Max King. Yeah? Okay. Yeah, I think so. I think on form, 
And oh, am I re- when, ready when we've seen him play, we, we've for consistent periods of time, we've seen him do well enough. Um, I don't know if I'm ready to unleash these stats. I've been holding on to them for a while. You've been holding on to the Max King stats? Yeah, I think Max King, of all the current key forwards, is primed to be the biggest goal scorer. And that's including Harry Mackay, Kerno, Larky, Mitch Lewis, the uh, lot. I'm a huge Hugo Hagen fan. Um, I haven't included him yet because I don't have enough stats on yeah. him. He's still, he hasn't played enough. He hasn't played enough for a baseline. Wayward. We talked about his accuracy the other day. But looking at Max King's current stats and obviously potential future improvement, which is obviously um, up in the air. Yep. It could go nowhere. He could be injured again. I think he has the potential to be a top 25 goal kicker. Yeah. Like, talking 650 to 700 goals total. Um, and obviously we're about to lose a bunch of those. Yes. We're losing Rewalt. We're definitely losing Hawkins. Yeah. Um, there's another one? Buddy. We're losing Buddy. He's kicked Buddy. over 1,000. Yep. Um, and I think these are the players we're going to be looking at in 10 years from now in this similar situation. I think Max King has the best chance. Yep. Um, I think... Lark, Jack probably, Darling is another one on that list. Yeah, he's I think 500? He's, he just think, kicked? Yeah, just, yeah. People don't um, think about him in, that, in those numbers, but he, he is. He is. Um, I think Larky, uh, not Larky, I think King is the best player. So I would trade at least two firsts for Max King, but I would only do it if I was in a Richmond situation. Yeah. Where I've won a flag, I've missed the next year. And you know that your best has been yeah. close to good enough. And a key forward would be enough to take you forward. We've talked about the fact they've got a pretty good call there going forward as well. Um, and yeah, they need someone to replace Rewald and Lynch. Uh, Lynch has had a few injuries now. He's thirty. Rewalt's going. So, if I was if I was Richmond and I was able to get one of the Kings, I would do it. Absolutely, in in a heartbeat. Um, I still think they've got some other problems to address, but that's besides the point. The last what thing is this, a forward podcast I get wanted to do or was expecting to do this week was to go into bat for St Kilda. Um, yeah, there have been a lot of hot takes about St Kilda this week about their catastrophic fall from grace, and like they've had a bad run, but like. We saw Geelong lose three in a row twice this year, and now suddenly they're like third premiership favourites again. Carlton lost six in a row. Yeah. They could likely finish in St Kilda's spot in the eight if that, that game will probably decide who makes that spot mm-hmm. um, if things go the right way. Like, I can't, you can't write them out of finals because they're sitting sixth and ladder. Win, loss, win, loss. They've only lost two in a row, and they're sitting sixth, and there's an article on the AFL front page saying they're full well, from I, grace. I get it because it's like they've lost sure, four they of the last first five the the and year. barely beat West Coast. So that, that's, like, the issue. But, like, we've seen Geelong, Brisbane, Carlton, GWS, probably Adelaide and Essendon now all written off at different points, mm-hmm. like, due to single performances. And, like, some of these teams, especially Geelong and Brisbane and, to a lesser extent, Carlton, are now being talked about as possibilities again. It's it's very strange. David King and Lee Montagna have basically picked they Carlton are, for seventh already. They are in sixth spot. They've lost to third, fourth, and the Ted Cat bounce <laughs> in, the, like, in the last few games. You know those don't count. If they beat any one of Carlton, Richmond, or Geelong in their run home, provided they beat Hawthorne and, and it's, a, it's and almost North enough to them, secure them because they they're fonts. around the, and the mark. If one of those teams they beat on the run home is Geelong, they could finish as high as fifth. Like, um, but now to balance that out, so I don't feel icky about saying nice things about St Kilda, I do find it very funny that the new friendly Ross is totally gone. gone. His team is reprehensible. They uh, do not have... They, they lack a fundamental ability to make correct decisions on a football field, and frankly, a lot of them don't deserve to be out there, according to Ross Lyon. How that has changed from... Ah, oh, this is a mulligan, isn't it? Yeah. 
That was only a couple of weeks ago. How that has changed. He has I think I called that out too. so quickly. Um, uh, the question is, does he do anything about it? Does he drop eight players? I, you have to wonder, don't you? And we know um, he's capable of that. I remember him doing is, it at Fremantle. He's done it before. Um, but yeah, this new friendly Ross who was, you know, marketed to us all as it's okay, St Kilda fans especially, like it's okay, it's not the Ross of old, it's, it's new Ross, he's had some time off, he's happy now, he's worked with Kane Corns and Carrie for five years, that's enough to make anyone, uh, feel better about their life. Um, I, I, yeah, it's, it's just funny, like his, that press conference this week was really Ross of old stuff, like it was proper miserable, negative, didn't want to talk about his team, didn't want to talk to the media, uh, Do you think uh, it'll be a similar situation to when Toby Green stopped showing up on AFL 360 when they lost? <laughs> Ross just won't. You reckon it'll be the same? Like, oh, this is our new good boy persona. We're so good now. Yeah. And then as soon as shit hits the fan, they're out of there. It is It is interesting. I'll have a look um, next week. It, it'll be funny to see. Uh, so I've got some who would wins and you're going to hate them. Oh, do I know uh, any of the because players? Because obviously the Barbie movie comes out in a couple of days' time. Who wins? Christopher Nolan or Greta Gerwig? Oh, well, I haven't done 22 that. 22 Greta Gerwig. So Gerwigs. I haven't done that, but it's close. 22 Kia Murphys or 22 Ryan Goslings? Oh, I think Kim, uh, Killian Murphy's insane. So, so I, 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 I was... I think he's got that dog in him. <laughs> I'm going for Killian Murphy. I, I said, like, Murphy, like, an Irish as well. Like, they've got Is a it, good... Like, are we talking like them as actual people or them as roles? Because are, are you talking like Killian Murphy as the scarecrow, or are we talking, oh, no, like talking about them as like them? The Ryan people. Gosling as the guy from the Nice Guys, like no, right? It'd be like <laughs> if we're doing that, it'd be like Ryan Gosling from Blade Runner, uh, and Kim. But no, no, I was talking about them, the, like the actors, the people. Mm. So like Mur- Murphy Irish translates better, um, but who knows? Gosling could have a basketball background. We don't know that. <laughs> That's the stupidest thing we've ever done on the show. All right, twenty-two Marco Robbie's or twenty-two Emily Blunt's. Oh, 22 Emily Blunt's, no question. Yeah, Sorry. so like, we've, we've all seen The Emily Edge Tomorrow slash Live Die Repeat slash All You Need Is Kill or whatever the fuck you want to call Why it. Why Emily Blunt? Um, she's in Oppenheimer. Oh, that sucks. Uh, <laughs> and to a lesser extent, a lot of us have seen Sicario. So like, we know Emily Blunt <laughs> is like, Emily Blunt's a tank, right? Yeah. Like, she is like fucking athlete. And like, you might, people might lean Margot Robbie on this one because she's Australian. But like, she's, she's a state of origin rugby girl. Mm. Like, she's not... She's not football. And we've seen how badly rugby translates to footy. So, like, um, um, and, and realistically, Emily Blunt could, could like, rugby as well. So that, that rules Margaret Robbie out. I think Emily Blunt's that one. I mean, it's just a movie, but you've seen A Quiet Place. You've seen that oh, yeah, yeah, scene. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She can get through anything. She's got, she's got this fine. She stepped on um, the fucking nail, man. But, yeah, like, yeah. No, so I'm like... <laughs> Emily Blunt. <laughs> Emily Blunt for sure. 22 of them? Um, With a shotgun? <laughs> Well, Margaret Robbie could have a baseball bat. Uh, I'm taking a shotgun over a baseball yeah, bat, Soz. Um, who would win? This is a, a more... This is a football, football one? one. 22 Jared Waitleys or 22 Mark Robinsons? <laughs> Waitley. Uh, what are they doing? Are they eating hot dogs? <laughs> Waitley. <laughs> um, is it fighting trolls online? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's the best version of the effect I've just ever seen. Uh, a niche... Come on. Twitter account. Don't be a troll. Take the fake quote All down. All over it. Good morning, James. <laughs> I, see, I see you still haven't taken the post down. David King was ripping into him when I see it about it. Shout out to Sam. Um, he was fan. like, he's like, Gerard, this is this is the most viral you've ever gone. Like maybe you should just start <laughs> saying things like this. Shout outs to Sav Megafan, who is a yeah. Twitter account that oh. I now quite enjoy. Absolute King Sav Megafan. <laughs> I, I love the fact that you are partially responsible for Twitter <laughs> having to change the literal like L's to I's ratio in the usernames because about 50,000 AFL fans freaked out on prelim final night a couple of years ago. Um, who would win 2008-9 Melbourne or 2022-3 West Coast? 
2023 West Coast. You reckon? Yes. I think West Coast only because eight nine Melbourne would tank. Uh, yeah, sure. But you can just, you can say that. Um, if you look at the talent, yes, West Coast has much a much stronger list. And are we talking full a oh, full list, list West Coast no injuries? injuries? I more meant like the teams that have gone through those two years, like the actual playing squads we've seen. Because just alone, Oscar Allen and Jack Darling. With players like Cripps and... Uh, Gaff played really well again on the weekend. Cully can be in the forward line because he's not injured. Marich has been really good for them. Um, and their midfield at its best is just better than that Melbourne midfield. It is. Uh, I know they were tanking, but they were Jin, also... Jin, Jinby would have been the best shit. player in that Melbourne team. Yeah, by far. Because he tackled. Uh, the Herald Sun today, um, who was apparently technically a newspaper um, that operates in Australia, posted an article about Caleb Poulter's kitten dying. Oh. That was an article. They posted an article about it. It was like two months old. He hadn't. Ha- he'd only had it for like a few weeks. Posted Twitter headline. Why? I don't know. It's really sad. Yeah, it is sad. I hope Caleb Poulter is all right. Uh, me too, but I don't think that's newspaper worthy. No. I don't know. <laughs> was it four times above the legal limit? Because when I saw it... I <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Oh... <laughs> uh. <laughs> When I saw it, right, it had, like, the blue background. So my, I just immediately assumed it was a Daily Mail. Because that's okay. the kind of garbage that they post, like, all the time. That's their whole thing. And then I was at the Herald Sun, I was like, don't they, like, write about, like, actual football? Like, how does like, that... Star footballer's kitten dies. It was, I, no, I it, can't it, it, see it said, why it's headline. I liked that it also said Bulldogs draftee. And I was like, technically. Anyway, shout out, commiserations. Yeah, I like your mullet, Pultz. Pultz. I think you played well on the weekend. You kicked a goal and I liked it. Uh, if we're bringing in Tassie, right? Oh boy! Saying that you have to hypothetically cull or merge away three teams. Not doing it. Not doing it. Okay, I've said this before and I'll say it again. Yep. You can talk about how Gold Coast don't feel like a club. Yep. If they folded now, I would feel bad. I think it's a similar boat for me because I I wouldn't feel bad for I feel bad for Gold Coast. I wouldn't feel bad for a lot of the clubs, but I would feel bad for a lot of the fans. Yes. Because I think. We saw the issues it caused with Fitzroy fans mm-hmm. when it happened to Brisbane. Fitzroy fans still exist. Um, and we saw... Similar with South Melbourne Sydney, they carried a lot more than I think Fitzroy I think did because they didn't get merged, they yeah. just got moved. But I do think that's the problem the AFL's found themselves There's in. There's too much history. You can't do it now. Yeah. Unless a club literally goes bankrupt and is unsalvageable, it's not happening. a really bad scandal that most other leagues would close a team like down for. Like, if you for. find out that all 44 players on the list... 43. 43, depending on their category A and B rookies, are murderers, that club is not existing anymore. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's simple as that. You can't replace 44 players overnight. Well, you can. Um, they did it at Essendon. Though. Yeah, they did, but... That's still a flop. Um, Should, prob- probably maybe, shouldn't be, but it is. It is. Um, so they got it for number one draft pick for that. Was their, that was their punishment yeah. for that. That's so weird that the AFL... Like, the AFL did it um, originally with Carlton. It didn't work out back then. But, like, when the AFL punishes a team and then that punishment makes the team bad like it was intended to, and then they go, oh, you're bad now. Here's some priority picks. What are you doing? What, what, are, you, what are you doing with that? What's the point of that? Yeah... There were there were priority pick uh, there were pick um, concessions for Carlton. Yeah. They got their picks taken away that year, and then they became terrible. Yes, yeah, and yeah. then after and a, then they a, got another year, they were like, okay, picks. now yeah. it's fine. It's so. But weird. how long do you have to wait? 
How long do Essendon have to wait until they can get a number one pick? That is, what was the next year? I know, I know. <laughs> you can arguably say the next year, yeah. they shouldn't have got one. Yes. But are they allowed it the next year? Yeah, I guess it's hard to put a time frame on it. Right. It just seems weird. It just seems um, weird that one year after that all happened. They also got punished by, and I know it doesn't really matter because they weren't, uh, they were only doing well because they were on peptides. Sorry, Essendon fans. Um, <laughs> they weren't no. challenging. Well, like, we, we, like, with what we know about a lot of those peptides and how that season played out, uh, and with them see- being amazing for the first 13 rounds, and then they lost like seven of their last nine games. Um, and they didn't with a lot of soft tissue injuries. They didn't see that succeed happen. on the way back. Either. And like, I, I will always be the person who says that. Like, people are like, oh, but the players didn't know. It's like, no, they wouldn't because they have doctors and they trust yeah. club. Do- like, if your club doctor tells you to do something, you do it. But circling back because I'm, our fans are going to be very upset about this yeah, conversation. They are. Um, if Essendon, a team that I don't mm. like, shut down, I'd feel crap. I would fans. be. Very upset. That's, that's a huge amount of AFL history. A huge amount of AFL history. That's t- that's erased overnight. Like three huge rivalries gone. Some of the best footballers we've ever seen. Don't Anzac have a- Day has to change completely, yeah. and I'm of the opinion that it should change a little bit, but it would be pretty much dead in the water. Essendon yeah. um, also do Dreamtime. They do the Farmers Day. They've got a lot of history and roots, and I would be devastated if they went as much as I dislike yeah. them. And I feel the same about West Coast and Collingwood. The and only like, team... It's, it's, it's gotten that bad that I feel bad for West Coast now. Like, I never I, thought I'd find myself... The in only position. team I have no care for is North Melbourne, but I still wouldn't want them to go. Yeah, <laughs> I, like, I like look at North with this, like... It's, it's barely even apathy. Like, I just... They, they, Your best player is a woman basher. yeah. And your coach might be racist. Yeah, it's just there's so many things going on there. But at the same time, I'm happy if they move, but they can't be gone. No, I, I agree. Um, I think the smarter move was just to make them Tasmania. Like that, that feels like it made more sense. So I have to, I have to merge two and move one. Is that what you said? Uh, I feel like we've had enough of a discussion on. No, on no, the no. Let me pick. Well, no. You, well, you can, you can either just get rid of one, or merge, or, or merge. One with Tasmania. Well, yeah, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, bring Tasmania and merge two others. If I have to get rid of one, there's no way it can be anywhere but Victoria. Yeah, because and they've the, already got the too many teams. Only teams that I think are compatible with that are St Kilda and St. North St. Melbourne. Western Bulldogs being the third option if you have one. Yeah. Um, I obviously would be leaning towards North Melbourne. I would rather them just move to Tasmania. Yep. Um, because they already have roots there. Uh, St Kilda has. What if you What if you merge St Kilda and Gold Coast and put them in the Germany kit? Well, I mean that would be good because I would get to see the Germany kit more. But again, St Kilda has, and even though it is like the losingest history, it's a very losing history. It's important. I, yeah, <laughs> it is. I I know we talk about um horrendous big footy takes on this podcast a little bit, but I saw one today that was kind of funny. Um, I I it was someone trying to like. They're really bending the numbers too. They were like, why are, of all the powerhouse clubs, and it was so funny, this is just someone trying to, clearly a Collingwood supporter, Stir up trying another. to put shit on Cartman Essendon. Yeah. Because they're like, since 2001, I was like, what a, what a strange year for you to choose. It's almost <laughs> like Essendon won a flag the year before that. But like, since 2001, why are these clubs so shit and Collingwood so good? And all the people were like, Collingwood won one flag in mm-hmm. that time, which is only one more than the other two. And if you go back one more year... It's the same amount as Essendon. Yeah. And then I saw someone say um, in there, they're like, well, Collingwood and Essendon have been, like in the AFL era, Collingwood and Essendon have been functional and uh, Carlton have been like replicable of like early St Kilda. And it's like Carlton have also won a flag in the AFL era and Essendon almost got kicked out of the competition in the AFL era. Like Collingwood have been functional. They've yeah. lost a lot of grand finals, but at least they've been thereabouts. They're, they're an impressive club. Yeah, they have their own issues there. with the racism scandal. Um, but like, 
I feel like that was just like a weird. It's it's just because it, those clubs are only talked about because of like the sheer size of them. Like it's mm-hmm. it's Hawthorne, Richmond, Geelong, like of the last like yep. twenty years. Like that's your teams. That's, Sydney, that's your Sydney's probably up there. As um, well. Yeah, for sure. So like it's it's weird to like that there's still this mindset of those clubs. I think I understand it because when they were up and firing, you saw how Richmond were yeah, when they came back to we did, but the top. They, Richmond were in that conversation, and it's the same as no, like, because they'd won three flags, so they yes, just yeah. automatically. But like Hawthorne, the same when they're up and firing, they have a hundred thousand members. Yeah, um, um, it's 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 rough. People have it's, weird empty tags. I don't understand the antagonising, although I do it to Zay. It's so. funny sometimes, <laughs> isn't it? It's funny. I've even done it on this podcast here tonight. <laughs> 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 we, we threw a few stones out. Um, it's yeah, it's rough. I, I I'm very excited to get a message about brown paper. I need bags. Collingwood to lose to someone, you know, so I can I can um, stir them up for it. They just don't, they just keep only losing games where it's like, yeah, that's that's okay. Um, we'll see how they go. I mean, if if their history is anything to go by, it will be like they'll make it to grand final day and then lose a really close one. It'll be traumatic for them for the next ten years. Um, yeah, I don't know. I'm not, Apparently, I'm not the um, the Pies players who play in grand finals is like a history at the club, but like they get a tattoo of it. Um, and I didn't know that. That means that like, like the the you know clean and scrupulous Scott Pendlebury apparently has a, a twenty ten tattoo on his foot or ankle somewhere. Oh, um, you know, I don't know where it is, but yeah. So like, that's a weird one. That's like a, an interesting little club tradition that I, I don't know how to. Do it. Yeah. What if you're like Jamie Elliott? Like, they're, they're, he must be running out of spots he could put no, that just tattoo. Put it, like, a little secret 11 or Like, just, like, get it in there somewhere, like a, a 23 on there. Yeah. Um, he, he's been great since he's come back as well. He is... I, I know that you get frustrated with him because every time he plays Carlton, he seems to kick four or five goals. Well, he's doing but, that to everyone now. Um, back then, it was just... I, I really like Jamie Elliott. Um, he lands hard. Mm-hmm. Like, it... I've never seen someone... like It's like he doesn't know how to take a mark with his feet on the ground. And he always does it on an angle that makes it look like he's never going to get up again. And I have to wonder if that's like led to why he's had so many injuries. He really just decides to put himself into uncomfortable spots when he takes marks. Every time. Jamie Elliott, what player rating do you reckon he is? Oh, like what number in the comp? Yeah, yeah, what number? 124. He is 213. Okay, so he's... He's there's like three of him is worth one Oscar McInerney. So where would you put <laughs> where would you put Shea Bolton in that ranking? Oh, um, flash in a pan, Bolton. So so if um, if Jamie Elliott is one hundred and twenty three or whatever I just said, but two two hundred and something. Oh, I what? said one twenty one twenty four. Yeah, no, sorry, two hundred and thirteen. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where would you put Shea Bolton? Uh, I'm going to put Shea Bolton at uh, one hundred and fifty six. And where do you think he actually is? Uh, 61. He's 10. 10? He's the 10th best player okay. according to AFL mm-hmm. player ratings. Mm-hmm. I'm sure he is. This is why... Jeremy Cameron's 50. Yeah. This is why every... every <laughs> <laughs> Jeremy Cameron's is... 50. Shea Bolton is higher than Darcy Moore. This, this is why every He's 23 year, spots above Darcy Moore. Every year when... And that's so wild. Because, like, Jeremy Cameron had what would be like a... Everyone was like, he got knocked around and had what he would be disappointed in, but, like, he got through the game, so everyone was happy with that. Got whacked in the face twice. Rib tickler through the game. Still had 17 and mm. won three. So, like... And one out in the full as well. Like, throw that in there. Um, it's the new like, classic Jeremy Cameron who never, never has, never like, an average this year of, like, three goals and 20 touches a game. Yep. And Bolton's ranked higher than him. is baffling to me. Um, but this is also why, at the start of every year, when the Herald Sun posts the, like elite players in each bracket everyone loses their minds because the rankings make no sense and Jeremy Cameron I want to say 
Shea Bolton probably doesn't get enough disposals to be elite in his category. No. Jeremy Cameron Gets must get the most like disposals out of all key forwards. Insane numbers. Like, he puts up incredible numbers. Are we talking numbers. like Nick Rewalt back yeah, in the yeah, day yeah. numbers? And, like, in, in terms of, like, marks and shit, just as high as well. And he's a playmaker. I and talk kicking from ridiculous angles, too, which they probably his, don't even take into account. His year contender he had, like, yeah, and, like, expected score should probably be calculated into there for forwards as well, right? But, yeah, like, he had three handballs that set up his own goal he resulted in, which is something that you don't see forwards of his size do. Like I'm glad we don't know any Richmond fans, because I can't face that much. Oh, hatred. yeah, R- Richmond... Um, I, I, the Richmond fans I've ever actually known are, like, really chill, normal people. The ones I see on the internet <laughs> are insane. And I really thought that... Um, at the height of Hawthorne's powers. Success changes people. They were going to be the number of it. But, like, Melbourne fans are pretty placid, but that's because they don't leave the house unless it's to go to the MCG members' wing. Um, Collingwood fans are... They get ahead of themselves, mm-hmm. but I don't find them to this, like, rabid, insane level. Yeah, wait until they win. Um, but, like, even, yeah, Hawthorne were arrogant, but didn't have this, like, uh, like cult-like mm-hmm. uh, weirdness about them. And then there's just not enough Geelong fans online. Like, there's some that are bafflingly stupid but there's just not enough of them. It's like, it's just like, <laughs> Jack Flash, how you doing? Um, there's just not enough of them. Um, he um, was lamenting the fact that West Coast weren't called the Perth Eagles today online. And I was like, they shouldn't have been, because that would have been a stupid name. So I have no idea what the last thing we said was, uh, but we're going to leave that there, because that cut out because of our not-dead kitten. Uh, is he a kitten yet. still? Well, no, he's not. He is over a year old, like a year and a half. He's very small. Why won't you get bigger, Greg? Because we can't feed him. Um, we neglect him. This has been the back pocket. Call the RSPCA. Uh, you will find us at rspca.com.au no, uh, <laughs> at the back pocket AU on all socials. Uh, we will see you next week. www.badjack. <laughs> oh, no!